This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Life is like a mountain railroad with an engineer so brave. We must make this run successful from the cradle to the grave. Watch the curves that fills the tunnels. Never falter, never fail. Keep your hand upon the throttle and your eye upon the rail. Blessed Savior, thou Till we reach that blissful shore Where the angels wait to join us In God's grace forevermore As you roll across the trestle Spanning Jordan's swelling tide You behold into which your train will glide There you meet the superintendent God the Father, God the Son With a hearty, joyous greeting Weary pilgrim, welcome home Blessed Till we reach that blissful shore Where the angels wait to join us In God's grace forevermore Where the angels wait to join us In God's grace forevermore We walk and talk as good friends should and do. We clasp our hands, our voices ring with laughter. My God and I walk through the meadows here. We clasp our hands, our voices ring with laughter. My God and I walk through the meadows He tells me of the years that went before me When heavenly plans were made for me to be When all was but a dream of dim conception To come to life, first burdens, glory see When all was but a dream of dim conception to come to life, first word and glory see. My God and I will go for a together. We'll walk and talk and just as good friends do. 
this earth will pass, and with the common trifles, but God and I will go unendingly. God welcomes us in love. We welcome as God welcomes. When we welcome others, we welcome Jesus. When we welcome Jesus, we welcome God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians, Steve Helling, our reader and provider of a children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM. And it's live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today we want to thank WPCA for this broadcast. And uh, if you find some of us talking a little bit more Scandinavian, a week ago from last Saturday, uh, Deronda had their meal for us with meatballs and stuff. And then this last Saturday we had the Sporters Board. And uh, we really want you to know we love having you come to our church and celebrate with us the life that uh, we are given. Next Sunday, we'll be at Little Falls Lutheran at 9.30, so you're welcome to join us. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to set up a worship space where you lay down a cloth and have a candle and a cross, and you might want to uh, have a Bible or Bibles for the kids to add to the worship. As we begin our worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love, presence, and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. Next, I'd like to have us confess our sins. We confess our sins before God and one another. God of resurrection, You have redeemed us through the gift of your Son, yet we often act as though we don't know what that means. We fail to see where we need to change and where we need to work to bring positive change to the world. We remain fixated on ourselves rather than living 
in love and service for others. Forgive us our sins of thought, word, and action, or lack of action, that we might better do your will. Hear the words of forgiveness. Christ is risen indeed and proclaims to you and all of creation the entire forgiveness of sin. Receive this gift of forgiveness with joy. Amen. Let us continue with some more gathering songs. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, no mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided, great is thy faithfulness, Lord for sin and the peace that endureth my own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided, great is thy 
continue with the litany. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So now the Holy Spirit says, We have been set apart, made holy, for the work to which God has called us, the work of peace and justice, the work of caring for all creation, the work of living the gospel in all we do. Lay your hands on us, blessing, O God, and send us off to do your will. We go to the prayer of the day, and so if you will pray with me. Gracious God, you set aside Paul and Barnabas for the work of sharing the good news. In the same way, call us into service to you and our neighbors, near and far, in Jesus' name, amen. We'd like to have you do the sign of peace, and sometimes when you're just by yourself, the sign of peace is that you're asking that you'd be at peace with your God and uh, ask him to bless you. And if you're with someone else, you're asking that not only be right with God, but that you be right with those around you in your community and in your life.
So we'll do it with the Trinity formula again. Be blessed, or I am blessed, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we'll turn to the Holy Scriptures. And if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the Scripture readings. The first reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, chapter 14, verses 8 through 18. When the church of Antioch, there were two prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a member of the court of Herod, the ruler, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. In Lystra, There was a man sitting who could not use his feet and had never walked, for he had been crippled from birth. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul, looking at him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet! And the man sprang up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted out in the Lycaonian language, The gods have come down to us in human form! Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priests of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates. He and the crowds wanted to offer sacrifice. When the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, Friends, friends, why are you doing this? We are mortals just like you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to follow their own ways, yet he has not left himself without a witness in doing good, giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the crowds from offering sacrifices to them. Here ends the first reading. Good morning, young neighbors. Finally, spring is here. The grass is green and there are buds on the trees. Today we're going to talk about being messengers for God and Jesus. Here's a short story from the Bible to show what I mean. Paul and Barnabas were two prophets that were spreading the word about Jesus after he was crucified and had gone to heaven. While they were teaching, They saw a man with deformed feet who had never walked in his life. They could see that he had faith to be healed. So they said to him, stand up right on your feet. And he did. The crowd was amazed and he praised on Paul and Bartimaeus. They started to worship them as if they were gods. They even brought animals to sacrifice in their name. How would you feel if that happened to you? What would you do? Well, this is what Paul and Barnabas did. They told the people, no, 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 don't worship us. We are not gods. We're people just like you. We are here to tell you about Jesus. He is the one you should worship. It took some time to get the people to calm down and listen. So here are some questions for us to think about. What would you do if you did something others thought was great and people started worshiping you and telling you how great you were? How easy would it be to become the center of attention? 
Would you forget that the people should worship Jesus? What happens to people in our world today if they are worshipped? What do you think God and Jesus would expect us to do? There are people in the world that get consumed by fame and fortune. They forget who it was that made it possible. What happens to many of these people that focus on themselves, not God and Jesus? Trouble of some sort usually becomes part of their life. This is why if God and Jesus bless us, we have to remember where the blessing comes from. If we have faith, God and Jesus want us to share it with others. Remember, we are messengers for God and Jesus. You don't have to be a fancy talker. You will be given the right words to speak. And you know what? Sometimes all you have to do is listen and share where you get your strength from God and Jesus. Let's share a short prayer together. Dear God and Jesus, help us to be a messenger of faith. Many people don't know you, but need to hear about you. Give us the strength to share our faith with others. Help us to recognize when that time is right. I know you will give us the right words to say. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. Hallelujah forevermore. He came down that we may have light. He came down that we may have light. He came down that we may have light. Hallelujah forevermore. He came down that we may have peace. He came down that we may have peace. He came down that we may have peace. Hallelujah forevermore. He came down that we may have love joy. He came down that we may have joy. He came down that we may have joy. Hallelujah forevermore. Hallelujah forevermore. The gospel for today is from Matthew 10, verses 40 through 42. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Here ends the gospel. Change my heart. 
make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. Well, this will be an interesting, I hope interesting sermon as we, uh, maybe it's just sharing or sharing some glimpses and uh, and really kind of comparison of some things. The narrative speaks uh, about uh, we are called to be messengers, not gods. And that text uh, obviously brings that. But I'd also like to say it, it, it moves us a little beyond that. And we'll get into that after I read uh, the narrative theme. It can be easy to confuse the message with the messenger. God sent Barnabas and Paul to Lystra, a hub of education and enlightenment in what is now Turkey. It was under Roman rule and was home to the aristocracy of Romans, Greeks, and Jews. When Paul and Barnabas healed a man there, the citizens assumed they were gods that had come down to earth in human form. The priests of Zeus even brought sacrifices, believing them to be Zeus and Hermes. It's interesting that the Greeks and Romans were so quick to believe gods had become human, while the Jews resisted the belief even when Jesus himself was God and made flesh. Still, Paul and Barnabas had their hands full, trying to convince the citizens there that they were not gods, but merely human beings bringing the good news of the one true God. As a leader in the church, it can be easy to fall prey to the idea that the church's success or failure hinges upon what you do or fail to do. We may take up on the burden of making sure worship numbers are up, giving is at least steady if not growing, ministry programs succeed, sermons inspire, the newly confirmed keep coming back, the building doesn't fall apart, and staff are happy. It's common that you as ministers carry too much of the weight for the church's success or failure on your own shoulders. Let's be honest. It feels pretty amazing when you are showered with praise for the things you do well. But today's story is a reminder that the burden rests on God, not on you. You are the messenger, not the God. You don't have to work 80 plus hours a week a week, suffer sleepless nights, solve all the problems single-handedly, and preach Jesus into the second coming of it on Easter. Preach it and let it go. Speak your peace and then sleep well. Make your stewardship plea and then let God move hearts. Be the messenger. Let God be God. As we look at that, it sounds so easy, but we see that It has changed a lot in our culture. 
we have many messengers, many pastors who have gone to mega churches and and those who have gone on TV and they've made a name for themselves. And soon it's hard to see how their message really holds truth. I read the story way back when of Marjorie Gortner, who at five years of age had learned two sermons, 45 minutes long. His mom had been involved with a group that traveled along the church circuit trying to make a name and a living out of that. And when she had Marjo, she decided he was the ticket. And so even at the young age of four, she started having him learn these sermons. And she would uh, have him start reciting it. And if he forgot the words, she would have the sink right next to him and she'd dunk his head in the water and uh, hold it there for a little bit and then tell him again, start over and let's get it right this time. By the age of six or seven, he'd been on magazine covers as a wonderful speaker. He even performed a marriage somewhere in there. And when he'd walk down the aisle with his suit and stuff, they would put dollar bills, $5 bills, whatever, in his pockets. He was quite a sensation. One of the places they went, his mom had, they still were kind of hurting a little bit for money and the pastor and her ended up having a midnight rendezvous, but they just happened to be driving ahead of a, one of the deacons of the church and he followed them to the motel that they went to. And so he called the other church council members and they came in on them about 1, 1.30 in the evening and uh, confronted them. And of course, the pastor and the mom said, well, we were just praying together. But they were run out of town, never to come back. As he got older, he got tired of this business and felt the unethical uh, part of it. And then tried to do social gospel, but their people weren't willing to listen. So he gave up on that and finally his mom talked him back into trying to do the preaching as he was in his early 20s. Again, he would, they would do miracles where they would have people come in and be healed and, and all this stuff for show. He made a lot of money, but it wasn't fulfilling for him. Sold handkerchiefs, healing handkerchiefs for five, $10 a piece. And sometimes when they'd run out of the handkerchiefs, they'd tear them in half and that way they'd have two healing handkerchiefs. But Marjo was not a messenger of God. I look at some of the other ones that we know, that we have seen on TV, Jimmy Schwaggart, who's had a number of affairs, crying on TV, repenting, and then two years later going right back at it again. We've seen Benny Hinn leave his wife. And we hear the preachers that talk about prosperity gospel, Ken Copeland, who has two airplanes and a massive uh, air, well, two planes or three planes and a mansion, Grateful Dollar. You can go down the list and they're all over the place. I found it interesting that Ken Copeland and one of the other guys, he, they were talking in an interview a while back and the one wanted a new airplane that would cost, I don't know, $50 million or so. And they were talking how they had to have this airplane because when they flew on a public airplane, 
the demons were there and the people were always asking, making prayer requests and they couldn't get their work done. So they had to have their own plane where they could fly into places in privacy. I sometimes wonder how Jesus would have dealt with that. It seemed like that's where he wanted to be, walking with people, dealing with their prayer requests, dealing with the healing, not for show, but because they love, he loved people. It bothers me today that so much of what the church is about is big buildings. It bothers me that we spend an awful lot of money on maintaining structures and not always spending our time working with people. And it's not just the TV evangelists. I have to admit, sometimes I, I remember somebody once told me, Lauren, you're just trying to build a big camp, your own empire. And we did grow and it did feel good but it wasn't necessarily always the right way, I fear. I'm glad that things happened and I heard good things that happened there, but we have to be careful that we don't let ourselves get caught into this dollar thing. One of my favorite stories was a person who got a letter from one of these televangelists and they called it seed money. Give us $1,000 and you will make $10,000. So what he did was, he wrote back a letter to that evangelist and said, no, you give me $1,000 and then you'll be $10,000 richer. You see, we, we play those games, but it's not about money and material things. It's about caring for people and understanding who we are, being humble and seeing that God is at work, sometimes in spite of us and many times in spite of us, but working through us to make a difference. I spent time dealing with those, but I also want to deal with three stories that are fairly quick and you maybe be familiar with them, but it's a little bit more. And it's just not that we're messengers, but we are the hands and feet of God in this world. The Holy Spirit that has indwelt us takes what we offer and makes a difference in the world around us. Tony Campolo tells a story. Joe was a drunk who was miraculously converted at a Bowery mission. Prior to his conversion, he had gained the reputation of being a dirty wino for whom there was no hope, only a miserable existence in the ghetto. But following his conversion to a new life with God, everything changed. Joe became the most caring person that anyone associated with the mission had ever known. Joe spent his days and nights hanging out at the mission, doing whatever needed to be done. There was never anything that he was asked to do that he considered beneath him. Whether it was cleaning up the vomit left by some violently sick alcoholic or scrubbing toilets after careless men left the men's room filthy. Joe did what was asked with a smile on his face and a seeming gratitude for the chance to help. He could be counted on to feed feeble men who wandered off the street and into the mission to undress and tuck into bed men who were too out of it to take care of themselves. One evening when the director of the mission was delivering his evening evangelistic message to the usual crowd of still and sullen men with drooped heads, there was one man who looked up, came down the aisle to the altar, knelt to pray, crying out for God to help him to change. The repentant drunk, drunk kept shouting, Oh God, make me like Joe. 
Make me like Joe. Make me like Joe. Make me like Joe. The director of the mission leaned over and said to the man, Son, I think it would be better if you prayed, Make me like Jesus. The man looked up at the director and a quizzical expression on his face and asked, Is he like Joe? Sometimes we get things kind of mixed up, but in a neat way we see that when we do the things that God has called us to do, it makes a difference in people's lives and they see Jesus. They come to know who Jesus is. Chuck Sundell tells a story about shortly after World War II came to a close, Europe began picking up the pieces. Much of the old country had been ravaged by war and was in ruins. Perhaps the saddest sight of all was that of the little orphan children starving in the streets of those war-torn cities. Early one chilly morning, an American soldier was making his way back to the barracks in London. As he turned the corner of it in his Jeep, he spotted a little lad with his nose pressed to the window of a pastry shop. Inside, the cook was kneading bread for a fresh batch of donuts. The hungry boy stared in silence watching every move. The soldier pulled his jeep to the curb, stopped, got out, and walked quietly over to where the little fellow was standing. Through the steamed up windows, he could see the man, the mouth-watering morsels as they were being pulled from the oven, piping hot. The boy salivated and released a slight groan as he watched the cook place them into the glass-enclosed counter ever so carefully. The, soldier leaned, the soldier's heart went out to the nameless orphan as he stood beside him. Son would, son, would you like some of those? The boy was startled. Oh, yeah, I would. The American stepped inside and brought, bought a dozen, put them in a bag, walked back to where the lad was standing in the foggy cold of the London morning. He smiled, held out the bag, and said simply, Here you are. As he turned to walk away, he felt a tug on his coat. He looked back and heard the child ask quietly, Mister, are you God? You see, yes, we are only messengers, and we are not God, but yet, in a sense, God has put the Holy Spirit in us to be Christ's body in this world, to make a difference for the hungry, for the hurting, for the struggling. The last one is where I would compare with all the pastors who have used their money for their own well-being. This is from the ELCA Hunger Appeal a number of years ago. Consuelo Trigo lives in one of the poorest burials of Lima, Peru, a city of six million people, 95% of them poor. She is a member of Divine Light Lutheran Church, a small congregation of mostly women and children. They worship regularly, have Sunday school, Bible study, and prayer, but they live and work in danger from rats, polluted water, cholera, terrorists, and lack of food. With help from Lutheran World Relief, Consuelo recruited 38 women to organize a soup kitchen. Each day they prepare breakfast for 150 children and evening meals for 175 households. Those who can afford to pay 40 cents per meal, that's what they do, and those who can't pay are guests of Divine Light Lutheran and Lutheran World Relief. More often than not, 
there are more people than food. So the women pitch in with their own money. In our poverty, Consuelo said, we must help those who are poorer than ourselves. Well, what percentage of her income does she give to support the soup kitchen? Well, I don't know exactly, she says. My husband and I live on his pension of $27 per month. I would say we share about one-third of that. Oh, if we could only learn from people like Consuelo. They show us about a God who has a heart that is so big that even in poverty, we share what we have. And I love the story, too, of a guy who stayed in a home of a man who had nothing. He had tried staying across the street with a rich person, and they just didn't have room. And they had recommended he go over to this old-timer's place. He went there, and the guy opened up the door, and he said, you are more than welcome. And uh, there was only one bed, and he ended up staying in the bed, and the guy slept on the floor, the, the owner. He had uh, a snack that night, uh, very little, but it was something, and in the morning, had a drink and with a slice of bread. When he left, he said, that man who had nothing gave everything, and we both had enough. May the gospel open our hearts so that we can give everything and we all have enough. Amen.
We continue by sharing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray for the church, the world, and all in need. God, Paul and Barnabas were not tempted to let the people treat them as gods, but were quick to give credit to you for all things. Make us likewise humble, that we might point to you in gratitude for all that we accomplish. God of life, you hear our prayer. Make us to walk gently upon the earth, and keep us from placing too great a burden on its resources. Instill in us a passionate commitment to the flourishing of all creation. God of life, you hear our prayer. You set aside Paul and Barnabas for your service. Strengthen those we have set apart as elected leaders, that they might work for your justice and mercy in the world. God of life, you hear our prayer. As Paul healed the disabled man in Lystra, heal all those who suffer from torment, imprisonment, addiction, grief, or illness of any kind, especially Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Jim Wade, Randy Goglin, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Helen Erickson, Shirley Lenz, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Matt Crerup, Ida Martinson, Jean Hoisington, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Becky Anderson, Helen Jorgensen, Ron Wilson, Dean Muse, and the Dan Rosenbush family. God of life, you hear our prayer. Help us to listen to those who see the world differently than we do and to recognize where our way isn't the best way so that we might live in peace with all the children of the earth. God of life, you hear our prayer. We lift up all the saints who have gone before us, who have taught us to open our eyes and our hearts to receive you. God of life, you hear our prayer. Confident in the promise of the resurrection, we lift all these prayers to you, saving God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. Let us pray the prayer that the Lord taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. All you may need, He will. Yeah.
thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. He will take care.